here we are, episode 136 of The Brian Oak Show, made possible by Smart Start MN. I wanted to make sure the first voice we heard on this particular broadcast was by someone who I consider to be one of the greatest American singing voices in my entire lifetime. And who knows, maybe ever. I wasn't there before me, and I won't be here after me, but certainly one of my all-time favorites, a gentleman by the name of John Doe, who was the lead singer of X, most famously, but has been in lots of other bands. Today is his 68th birthday, and I was going to say top five American band for me all time, but I think that I've finally come to the point where I'm comfortable saying top five band all time for me. X was the first band I saw in the First Avenue main room back in 1985 because I was dangerous and crazy and came from the mean cul-de-sacs of Coon Rapids. I skipped swimming practice to go down to an all-ages no show. Yeah, I skipped. You are off the team, Oak. Dude, you don't know. My coach, Judy, she did not suffer fools, man. You do not cross her. I just didn't show. Oh, you ghosted Judy. Yeah, and I put on my ripped jeans and my cool trench coat, and I got in my friend's car, and we drove downtown Minneapolis to First Avenue for the first time in my life, by no means the last time, but the first time in my life back in 1985 to see the band X perform live, and it was fucking fantastic, except Exene was so badly annihilated she could barely remember where to come in on a song and here's the thing they've remained one of my favorite groups and i've seen them now live god coming up on a dozen times and the the crazy thing is about some of these older bands that have managed to stay together that managed to maintain their careers when they sober up and then they actually take rehearsal and touring seriously they're actually better in their older age than they were when they were young, despite the dynamics and the energy and the excitement of youthful punk rocketism. They were, they, they've only gotten better every time I've seen them, but I'll never ever forget that day. And I had a chance a few years back to meet John Doe for the first time ever. And I won't tell the story again, cause I just told it on the episode where Lori Lynn Dean was our guest. Oh yeah. But he lived up to everything I thought he would be just an amazing individual. So happy birthday, John Doe. And also, uh, hello, Sean, how are you? I'm doing really well. I, uh, I've i been listening to the Tommy Tiernan podcast. He's the actor that's on uh, Dairy Girls. He's a comedian, but it's absolutely fantastic. They're like these 20-minute shows, but he, he's just got this amazing Irish voice, and so he's talking to you. you know, every single thing he does is just fucking fantastic. And uh-huh. So I, I'm, I just have been obsessed with it, and it's kind of fun leading up to St. Patrick's Day because he's not like the cheesy, hokey, Irish guy. It's just fantastic. So... That's been good. It's been a good way for me to think St. Patrick's Day, spring's coming, and I'm I'm solid. Are we going to have our favorite leprechaun on before? We are. We are. I need to send another message to him, but we're going to have him on right around St. Patrick's Day, John Cosgrove. I've never met a man who knew how to screw up a Valentine's Day better than that man. The very first time I met him, my oh, wife and I yeah. were out for a very intimate Valentine's Day uh, feast, and... Um, Plopped himself down right next to my wife and sat there for the next 45 oh, minutes. Yeah. That's an Irish thing to do. Oh, it sure like, is. Yeah, you're and always welcome. He's one of my <laughs> he's one of my favorites. I look forward to having Cosgrove back on. Yeah, it's been uh, an interesting week. Things are improving and not improving in many different ways, but both my parents have now had their first vaccine. Okay. My father's had his second vaccine. My mom's second is coming up very shortly, so I can start to see my parents again. That is... Isn't that great? I mean, there's these little breakthroughs that are happening, these little positive things. My aunt and uncle, they're 72 and 73, and they just could not get the vaccine. And I found through a friend of a friend that there is a a pharmacy in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, and they went Tuesday and got their vaccine. Now, Uncle Jerry's from North Dakota, 
And so he's just skeptical by nature. Of course. You know, he's one of these guys that, you know, he's bald on top. He's got the reverse mohawk and he wears the seed cap that just barely, barely settles on the top of the head. I'm sorry. I need a little help. What's yeah. a reverse mohawk? It's being bald through here. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, oh, reverse I got it. Mohawk. Okay, okay, yeah. got it, got it, got <laughs> yeah, it. All so, right. so Uncle Jerry was incredibly skeptical. <laughs> so, like, Are there going to be people there? <laughs> that's what he said. Uh-huh. He like, but he's from, he's from North Dakota, so he almost sounds Irish. He's so North Dakotan. <laughs> but they went there, he's like, it was legitimate. Holy shit, it was the real thing. And well. It's it's nice to think that the the sun is coming up over the horizon. Yes. You know, I don't think any of us are foolish enough to think like, let's open it all the way back up. Everything's fine no. again. But step by step, we've gone through so much already. If we take it one day at a time, breathe, we're actually going to get there. Live and music is as, coming. As we someday. talk, man, live music. I mean, you and I owe our Patreon members so oh, much live music, yes. and we are going to get back to it. Speaking of live music, the guest on today's podcast is someone that I've seen live more times than I can count, but I never went because he was the headliner on the bill, and I don't think he'll take that the wrong way. Today's guest is a local musician, composer, producer, creator, who has played with so many people that if I started right now running down a list of everyone he's played with, we wouldn't be done with the list by the end of the show. And that is not hyperbole. That is not exaggeration. It's true. This is a guy who loves working more than anyone I've ever met. He clearly loves what he does. And he also... He exhibits, and I can't wait to talk to him about this, he exhibits something in his in his character, in his expression, because it's one thing to want to express yourself musically. It's one thing to want to create music and to, to get it out there. But to me, it's an entirely different animal. Whether you're making music, whether you're filling out accounting reports, no matter what it is you do, to be able to work with other big personalities, creative types, strong personalities and find a way to meld what you do with them in a way that will not rub them the wrong way there's a diplomacy and a a nature of what he does that is truly remarkable otherwise he wouldn't work as much as he does and i I, I find it kind of remarkable and i can't wait to find out more jeremy ilvisocker is our guest and he'll be coming up just ahead on the brian oak show in the meantime though we are going to hear one more song by one of my favorite bands of all time x um i was a young man and i was growing up in coon rapids and i had heard the b-52s and immediately started to grow my hair into a flat top i had got rid of that feathered cut that i'd worn for many years (laughs) Flat top wasn't working for me, so I immediately started to let it grow to the side, and it turned into this asymmetrical weirdo new wave cut, and I was wearing the trench coat, and I was enjoying discovering uh, you know, alternative bands, REM, The Cure for me, and my dad came home from the library one day with records. He always went, and my dad always loved music. Uh, Ron influenced me as a music lover more than probably any other person on the planet in that he was just so into him and he was playing records all the time and there was a time when you could check them out from the library and he'd come home with a big armful of stuff you know whatever it might be but one day he came home and he handed me a record he's like this looks like one of those bands you've been getting into lately and it was under the big black sun wow by x and I, that's what inspired me when i started looking at the calendars from first avenue i'm like holy shit that band's coming i'm gonna go see that band and led to me telling the man to go fuck themselves <laughs> aka skipping swim practice and going down to see them live but i'll never forget seeing this song live and this is probably my favorite x song of all time so once again happy birthday to john doe here's x with the have nots on the brian oak show
That's the closing track on the band's 1982 release, Under the Big Black Sun. X right there with the have-nots. And I believe with that song right there, I have now officially played X on this show. 136 episodes in, more often than Queens of the Stone Age. That's crazy. Which, if somebody had taken the over-under at the beginning of this show, they would be losing so badly because they'll be like, I'll bet he plays it once a week. Well, you were posting on social media. You post Queens of the Stone Age all the time. So yeah, I would have thought we would be playing them once a week at my, least. My favorite live act of the last 15 years, but I just I don't know, you know, I, I, some things are important to keep for yourself. Happy birthday, John Doe. Sean, thank you for being here. I'm Brian Oak. Episode 136 made possible by Smart Start MN. In fact, we're in the Smart Start MN studio. Smart Start Minnesota is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What they do is provide you a means of getting back into your vehicle once you've lost the, the the right to drive that vehicle due to a DUI. And maybe it's not new you. Maybe you're like, I would never ever do something <laughs> like that. And then suddenly here we are. Or maybe it's someone close to you. Maybe a friend. But these are good people. These are people who are, well, frankly, appealing to your provincial nature, Minnesotans. They're one of us. There are several of us. They are Minnesotans. They were the originator here. Now, many carpetbaggers have come along, but these are the people who are from here, who put this together, and who will help you get back on the road sooner than you might otherwise think you could, and for less money than you think you could. And frankly, you're going to need that money and to get back on the road. I'm glad that that they dropped Springsteen's DUI charges. He did two shots with his listener, with his fans, mm-hmm. got on his motorcycle and drove. He was at .02. And then I thought, what if Smart Start had this for a motorcycle? So every 20 minutes, you're on your motorcycle, and you got to blow into the thing to be able to keep on driving down the road. Well, because then if at some point it doesn't work, <laughs> then you're out in the middle of nowhere. You're in a mountain pass somewhere. You're just a sad motorcycle driver at that point. Yeah, well, and, and at that point, I mean, I'm a sc- I'm scared to drive a motorcycle. Even ride behind someone yeah, on a motorcycle, too. that wouldn't be a thing for me. But Smart Start MN can get you back on the road, and they'll offer you a deal if you mention that you found out about it here on The Brian Oak Show. Yeah, go to smartstartmn.com com slash the Brian Oak show for 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. We tell a lot of Minnesota stories here on the Brian Oak show, and, but primarily it's about music. Well, it's always about music. Even if someone who comes in, the guest is not a musician, we require them to bring some music or pick some music out because music is sort of at the foundation. That's the, the, the glue, the connective tissue that binds everybody who comes onto this show. Everyone cares about music and everyone has reasons for loving whatever they love. And to me, that's one of the most interesting stories a person can tell. But then there are people who create music. Then there are people who music is literally their expression and very, very much more more than, you know, like you and I as music fans, Sean. Yeah. We love to go see music. We listen to music all the time. Music matters a great deal to us. But for the creators of it and the incessant mm. creators, the people who can't stop making music and can't stop working on it and can't stop finding new vectors to market and new ways forward and new and more interesting ways to create it. Those people fascinate me, which is why I'm very excited for the first time ever to sit down and have a proper conversation with a guy I've seen perform live lots of times and heard more of his music than I could possibly recount. Jeremy Ilvisacker is our guest today. Jeremy, how are you? Oh, I'm super good, Brian. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> same same stuff. I'm glad to finally get to talk to you. Well, I mean, just I mean, I've known your name for so long. So like people who come into this show, we've had so many of your collaborators and your friends and your associates on this show. Your name comes up with alarming frequency. And back when I worked at The Current or any radio station all the time, just to give people out there who maybe are not familiar with Jeremy a little background. Jeremy is a multi-instrumentalist, composer, producer, teacher. He's worked with the likes of John Prime. 
Bon Iver, Bruce Hornsby, Jenny Lewis, Andrew Bird, Sandra Bernard. Really? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk more about that in a minute sure. because she seems like both a wonderful and potentially mercurial individual. Um, only wonderful is what I got. Really? I think she was nervous. It's always like a pickup band. She has a music director she brings around. Oh, um, and then she's like gathers up people from every town she's in. Yep. And so that, yeah, it just, it probably doesn't go perfectly every time. And so she's got, there's like probably, you know, but there's a bravery in that, right? Like being willing to scoop up. I mean, even from trusted advisors being willing to scoop up talented and recommended musicians in each new place, they're always going to be different to hang out with. right? Oh yeah, for sure. That's the thing is that it's, it's a wild card and I think we did pretty good, you know, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you did pretty good. How did she do is what I want to know. Oh, she was great, but you've played all over the world. You've toured with so many people. It, I, I, I don't feel like I'm being hyperbolic or, or overstating the case to say that, you you know, you create your own music, but collaboration is very much a part of the musical soup that you like to ingest on the regular. That's an important part of creating music for you. Yeah, I think um, it's funny. I was just thinking about this earlier today where like like the skills of being a parent or a teacher, it's all the same thing. It's like just encouraging the best from people around you, you know? And going through it and then finding out, not I mean, it's one thing to recognize it, but then being able to, A, draw it out, and B, find a workable relationship therein. That's what I meant before when we were doing the intro to the show that I find yeah. so very fascinating is the wide range of people that you've worked with. You know, yeah. I've seen you play live with lots of different people, and they're all wonderful musicians, but that doesn't mean each one's going to be like, oh, I just plug in the Jeremy part now, right? I mean, right. You've, you've got to spend time with them. You've got to suss out what they want. You also have to be yourself. There's a reason you're there. They want yeah. you and your contribution, but that that puzzle piece isn't the same shape every time. Yeah, no, that nothing about the equation is ever the same. <clears throat> and like why it's me, I don't even always know. You know, it's like <laughs> you want someone who's really good at guitar, like that doesn't necessarily mean they know what I do sometimes, you know. But so everyone I, knows you're really good at guitar though. That's usually like yeah, that's usually maybe the the baseline of why I get a job. But then like some people like yeah, and that's the other thing is like I don't know which thing they heard that they liked, you know? So, like, I don't know. So, the longer I do it, the more I just do what I want, and it's fine. See, now that right there, so every, everyone always asks me, like, when, I, when it, lo, along my radio career, you know, I'd, I'd talk to young people who are like, well, how do I get into it? What's, what's the best thing to do? Like, what's your number one piece of advice? And I think my number one piece of advice was, whether it was trying to get into radio or literally anything you do, I don't care if you, you know, throw pots for a living or are a fencing instructor, be yourself. Yeah. Right. I mean, like you can't, you'll never be better at anything than being you. And if people don't like it, they're going to tell you, right? But being, I think that's easier said than done. Like, Agreed. Like who are you in context and who are you? I don't know. That's, you know, philosophers die crazy. Trying to <laughs> figure that out. And usually penniless. Let's yeah, not forget yeah. I didn't make any money along their journey of doing that. So before we go any further about your collaborations and hearing some of the music you've been working on, what uh, where are you from? Um uh the western suburbs. I was uh first lived in Plymouth for six years, then we moved to St. Louis Park and But you're a Minnesotan. Yes. Okay, very good. Well see, because I I've lived here since I was two and I'm now fifty two, but I wasn't born here. Do I get to call myself a Minnesotan after 50 years? 
Boy, I don't know. Is it with an asterisk? I think people who, yeah, move here later are really frustrated with us. I've got a a good friend uh, who moved here seven, eight years ago, and he's like, people will not accept me, even though I've totally settled in here. But he spent his life traveling the world in a band, um, and he settled down here. He's like... What the hell's wrong with you people? Why why can't I be let in to the open the gate? Let me in. It doesn't feel like it's happening. I don't think I'm doing that to people, but uh Apparently we do. Yeah. There's some cultural something. Holy or shit, other. Jeremy. Are you doing that to me a little bit right now? Now I that you know, know I wasn't born here? <laughs> <laughs> you notice he would never completely call you a Minnesotan. Yeah, no, I, no, he, I, he kept yeah. finding a way to dance around it, didn't he? Yeah, I get it. I guess I was trying to do the opposite is like uh, say like I've actually heard that it's difficult for people, so I don't want it to be and so yes. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And you know, keeping keeping our minds open to the possibility and realizing whether it's democracy or whatever there's room for everybody right and yeah. but you happen to be a native minnesotan did you ever transplant anywhere or have you made this your home your whole life no somehow it all kind of this was a hub for anything i had to like you know go out and do it just never really mattered where i was from anyway. i imagine i imagine growing up you loved music when's the first time you made music when's the first time you felt the urge to plink on a piano or pick up a you know, a, a child's ukulele or a xylophone. I mean, when do you first remember, like, shit, making music is cool? Well, my parents both play, but of course that doesn't matter, you know. Right. Um, it wasn't until I heard Joan Jett, and then I'm like, oh, that's who I am. Fantastic news. Now, see, <laughs> yeah. I happen to be, uh, there's only a handful of artists that I'm genuinely, truly perhaps a little bit too much at my age, a fanboy of, and Joan Jett's immediate predecessor, Susie Quattro, mm-hmm. is one of my greatest heroes yeah. of all time. I, yep. I am a Quattro worshiper. And so when you said Joan Jett, that's why my eyes went wide, because goddamn Joan Jett, man. I know, right? Yes. Like, yeah, have you seen that film the um from like three years ago? Yes. It's so good. Yeah. I have not. Like, I, I like what, you know, I can't, it's funny, because like, you can't say, like, this is her best, me-. like, none of her art is the thing I think she is, you know? Like, I can't hold up a thing and prove to my friends that that she's the greatest. Or Here's anything. the one artifact that proves everything I've there's, thought. Yeah, and there's just, like, there's it just her as some sort of, like, I don't know, lightning rod just means something to me. Well, but, but that movie comes real close to proving that I was right the whole time. Which I love, absolutely. So what about that? Like, so what, when you when you found Joan Jett, when you heard Joan Jett, and you're like, I mean, whether it was I Love Rock and Roll or, you know, one of the many brilliant covers she's done over the course of her career, we've all heard her cover of Dirty Deeds, by the way, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Filthy. Yeah. yeah Filthy yeah, yeah. and amazing. <laughs> so what did that inspire you to do? What, what, I mean, so you're like, oh, my God, that's me. How did you decide you were going to make music? Uh, I just needed an electric guitar immediately, and my dad had <laughs> had one that he just, it was a 12-string, this old Baldwin from the 60s. And uh, instead of like buying me a Squire Stratocaster or something, he's like, "Which okay. is what my my daughter when she was like 14. That's yeah. what you do. That's what you know. That's, well, that's the move. You, you don't start with an eight hundred dollar guitar. You start with a hundred and twenty five dollar guitar. Oh, it's worse than that. This thing, like, he cut the headstock in half, <laughs> put oh a Bigsby gosh. in there, and like stripped it and stained it red because I needed a red guitar. Of course, not, oh, not yeah. just an electric guitar, a red <laughs> one. Of course." What about jumpsuits? Because Joan Jett was big into jumpsuits. I mean, did you have any of the form-fitting glam jumpsuits? I 
as far as I got was like trying to put a bunch of stuff on my belt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> how, how old were you at this point? I, I don't know, 10 it. or 11. You I were don't know. 10 or yeah. 11. Okay. But Just how it. badass to think of Jeremy Ilvesacker putting stuff on his belt playing his red guitar with half a headstock and just grinding through those chords, it must have felt transcendent. Oh, man. See, I'd, I had like a bandana on my belt. And like <laughs> I, 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 when I was in sixth grade, they would send me to the junior high to take math. So I'd miss like gym and recess and lunch with Damn my it. peers. I just <laughs> I just like lost. That was because you were one of those smart kids. I don't know what I was, and I didn't even do a good job because it was so <laughs> weird. You know? but, but there I am, like trying to like fit in with junior high kids with my stuff hanging on my belt. How'd that go for you? Oh yeah, they weren't they weren't super. <laughs> like, oh, here comes here comes Weirdo Two Thousand again. Hey, what's up, Joan Jet? Hey, before we go any further with Jeremy Elvisocker, let's hear some music because I know you've been in the studio yeah. again with all these people you've collaborated with. You've also made your own music. I mean, you were also in in what's in my opinion is one of the greatest Minnesota bands in the last ten years, Cloak Ox. Yeah, man. I, I've never heard a Cloak Ox song that I wasn't like. Oh shit! This is better than I thought. I should really spend more time with this band. But then you get distracted, or I'm old, so I get confused or distracted by a shiny object. Sure, Clocox is a great, great band. Yeah. Oh man, it's I. It's we're real lucky to know each other. I think. Well, and we'll talk more about that in just a second here. So I don't even know the names of the three tracks they're, that we they're have. right here on the computer. Desktop. Okay, we're we're gonna listen to first a song called "I'm a Doom Child." Um, Which but, sounds pretty dark. I don't know if you know this or not, Jeremy, but it's been pretty rough for people lately. I mean, is I'm a doom child really what we want to, the message we want to give to today's young people? Oh, well, it's, I think it's, uh, I don't know, you're going to like it where it came from, because I like, I started my own tribute to the Runaways band. Go on, I'm listening. <laughs> wow. I, and I'm not a 16-year-old girl, so we did the best. This is our version of it, but we got Andra Suki and Janie Winterbauer are, are the singers. And my kid, Max, is the other guitar player, mm. and Drew Christofferson on drums. Um, but it was, we were talking about, like, what generation Max is, and we figured out that it's Generation Z, and Max is like, well, that sounds like the generation that is going to fight in the apocalypse. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> sorry, you might be right, you know. So, <laughs> you yeah, might be. We'll do our best to not do that. But that immediate, like, you're a doomed child. <laughs> so that's that's where I got the name.
Wow. I loved everything about that. I like the riff. I like the chug. I like the voice. I like the concept. Yes, Holy you shit. are. That was if, fantastic. If you are grabbing your machete and keeping to the shadows to avoid the cannibalistic raiders that roam the wasteland, <laughs> that's what I want going on in the background of my head. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's not available anywhere else, is it? Uh, not yet. Is no. that is that the premiere of that version of that song? I think Andrea Swenson played it once. Who? Like a rough man. <laughs> no, and, Andrea is one of the greatest people <laughs> yes, on planet Earth, and I, I've never met a greater proponent of Minnesota music in my life. So I'm more than happy. I will send you to come in second. The next one we mix. For you to premiere. Please, because that... Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not even really worried about that kind of Dude, stuff. I, I knew just, where I was coming, though. I knew it was for you. Oh, I mean, you, <laughs> my love of Quattro, my love of Queens of the Stone Age, my love of a dark, dystopian, apocalyptic future. It was all right there. It's called I'm a Doom Child. That's the name of that song, yeah. Beautiful Let right us know there. when it's on Bandcamp so we can help you sell some of those. Yeah, yeah. right on. Let's I move will. some yeah, units on sure. that yeah. for sure. Yeah. Jeremy Ilvesacker is our guest. And holy cowboy, how long ago did you record that? You know, I take forever to finish anything, so that's a little while ago now. Um, when did we do that? It was like me and Drew were at April Base, Justin Vernon's studio, and the, uh, the staves were down in the hall. Oh, my god! Because they spent a lot of time in town here, didn't they? They did, yeah, and we were so loud. We didn't realize how loud we were, <laughs> yeah. but they had to quit working for like the weekend. Screw you, staves. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We're doomed children down I here, staves. I forgot, forgot that happened, but that, I think it was like 2018 or 17 is when we started right. doing the basics, and it's been almost done this whole time, but I knew I was coming here, so I'm like, I gotta do a proper mix. I have better gear at home now. So, yeah. You know. So let's talk about being at home, because everybody got T-boned by COVID, right? It doesn't matter what you did for a living. Your life got scattered somehow. Either you're working from home, or your kids are at home, or distribution channels have been screwed up. It doesn't really matter what you did or who you are. COVID screwed up things for everybody. But when we talk about people gathering in profusion, which is something as music fans or musicians... It's part of your regular life, part of your weekly life, sometimes more frequently than once a week. And that all went away. How have you been weathering the the COVID storm? I mean, being a guy who's played live as often as you do to suddenly not doing it live, how's your last year been? Man, it was interesting to, yeah, figure out who I was without being panicked all the time, you know? Like, right? I learned 30 songs a week or whatever. Um <laughs> I did have a nice summer lined up with, I was going to be out with Andrew Bird and there were some real cool venues and stuff we're going to do, but being home and like going to bed at the same time as my family, like (laughs) all the time, like new, like weird, like I don't like getting home now, like late this new, you know, the way it probably goes in a lot of people's houses is like, it feels really good, you know? So having to figure out, you know, I was on unemployment for about six weeks or something, but then I got this new teaching job through Mankato State. So I'd like, I'm just doing a bunch of like Zoom and FaceTime lessons. And what are you teaching, guitar? Guitar, but it's like, it winds up, you can't play together. It's a whole different right. way. Of, like it's a conversation about art and it's all therapy anyway. Like you're just trying to like mm. make people better people. You know, that's my job is like. I don't know. It's hard to quantify too. And then I I found out at the end of the semester that I had to give grades. I'm like, well, a everyone's doing <laughs> yeah. that. Everyone's yeah. doing their best. Everyone's, My kind of teacher. <laughs> exactly. They're like better than 
they were before we started. My wife is a music educator by trade. She has been for, God, more than 25 years. She's a choir teacher. And so the distance learning has been very difficult for her because she's someone who who relishes the exuberance of having all these young kids around her, right? She's a middle school choir teacher, and she relishes that. And now there's all this distance, and they're broken up into these tiny groups, and you don't really get to do the singing like you used to. It's a lot of the the other adjacent stuff, you know, music theory and testing and basic music knowledge and things like that. And a lot of that central joy is missing from it, you know, but she's the same way. She's like, these kids get into it. They're excited. They love music. You know, I mean, unless you're a complete monster... A, a, yeah, a for everybody. Absolutely, and and yeah, you can't. the The thing that you everyone's trying to learn how to do better, like generate a wave with, you know, sound and whatever, and other people can't do that. Um, but there's so much else you can do. I didn't realize until it was broken up the same way. You know, so like what I, kind of stuff. I just like talking about art and like what, you know, what, um, it is a lot of talking, but it's, I think it's good. Like just finding, um, where am I going with this? <laughs> well, well, I think may, I, maybe <laughs> being able to have, you know, listen to it for you as an instructor to be able to listen to what they have to say about music and how it affects them. And for you to talk about your path, I'm sure. Well, just to what, yeah, watch. Everyone's different too. Everyone's into different things. Like mm-hmm. some, you know, one dude is just studying Jimi Hendrix and that's yeah. it. And he sounds great. But, uh, you know, I'm like, all right, let's set some goals. Like, where's this going for you? You know, and other people, they just want to make art and they're like self conscious about mm-hmm. not knowing a lot about theory. I'm like, dude, the people who need college is because they don't have the lightning bolt that you have. So we just need to like, horseshoe you know snowshoe i mean like what you already just give you some more tools Mm -hmm. like a little bit at a time to keep making art you know everyone talks about how they're completely burnt out by zoom and i'm with you i i am on a zoom meeting no less than four times a week sometimes more frequently than that and it is it's less personal than it used to be There, there there are elements of it that i do not like but what i have found is due to the nature of covid Isolation has done some interesting things to people. It's forced them to be more self-reflective. It's forced them out of their comfort zone. And it's, it's in many cases, not universally, but I, in my experience, has been forcing people to have more of their raw selves out, which isn't always comfortable and yeah. is not always interesting, but I think is informative. I think it's healthy for all of us to sort of be at that raw point once in a while. For sure. And then, yeah, uh, being on one end of trying to generate that circuit in like the most gentle non-weird way because you know i'm a weird old man <laughs> i talk about <laughs> weird stuff like it gets welcome it gets, to the club you, you, you found a safe place here <laughs> so it gets it gets you know i'm like dude like your electric guitar though dude it's like you're you're dealing in air is what you're really doing it's like <laughs> goes from your heart to your fingertip to the pickup then it's a magnet and then like and then electricity is there it's like it is i do believe that and it's exciting to me but i know i sound crazy but and so but i think that that like, invites them to like either ignore me and never take me seriously or the which, coolest college professor ever or something or they can now they're they have permission to say a crazy thing and not feel right. crazy and know? in some cases that their goal may not to be you know, they may may not want to be famous or need to be famous it might just be that music is their therapy and that they realize that this is something that can help heal me 
or help me escape from my life and just create oh, and yeah. use it use it for that purpose. Well, I, yeah, and th- th- there's students who are like they feel bad. They're like, oh, I didn't get a chance to work on this. I'm like, <laughs> you didn't get a chance to play. Let's just always substitute play, play, play. for work or right. even practice. Yeah. Like, if practice, if they're the type of person who likes rituals, then practice is a good word, right? You know, but. Everybody's different. I like that. Play the, versus work. There's oh a gosh, reason yeah. that I was always <laughs> last chair, viola, middle school orchestra. Practice was not my thing. I didn't yeah. hand in one practice log the entire year. <laughs> I would play occasionally, but it just I realized it wasn't my thing. Then I joined choir and, you know, found my uh, <clears throat> voice, for lack of a better term. Sure. <laughs> you brought up Andrew Bird. Uh, a recent guest on our show was Dosh, who yep. obviously you have worked with on more than one or two occasions. All the time. Yep. All, uh, constantly and still to this day? Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, so Dosh is another one of those people, uh, you know, people like you and him who can work with a wide range of people. But again, now having, uh, I've had Andrew Bird in studio working in radio, I believe, four times. And it was always by himself. He never had a band with him. But he is so wildly talented and so wildly creative. And I would describe him as a mercurial person, you know, not the most open and expressive person, at least not to the radio people he's forced to talk to, mm-hmm. but wildly talented and in 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 an innumerable number of vectors. So when it comes to collaborating with an artist like Andrew Bird, I have to imagine that it's both thrilling and satisfying, but it's got to be challenging too, right? I mean, you're... You're both kind of racing down the stream and trying to find the lane, right? How does that work? Um, in my case, it's a lot of just waiting. Because, <laughs> you know, especially playing with him and Marty, there's so much information already. Right. You know, and when I first joined the group, I was the bass player. So all they really needed, they didn't need anything except for like solid low end for bigger PAs. Because their, their thing, they had played Bonnaroo with their little two-piece thing and that's when it was like okay this isn't loud enough <laughs> for the <laughs> size we got to out of nowhere you know right. like it was a little they were both surprised by it so i joined as the bass player and that i took it really seriously it's like move the pa appropriately around all this stuff that is already cool so let know? me jump in for one second so is that, at this point is it still music to you or is it is it science and practicality or is it some combination thereof it's what I want to hear. Like, okay. It's like, this is already cool. My job is to add to it, and I understand my job. So what, yeah. I don't know. Bass players are kind of the biggest part of any band. Like, the most unnoticed. Like, the better they are, the less you notice it, really. Like, right. But it's crucial. Like, it's crucial. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, they're, de- they're describing the style to you. They're, like, you're, they're moving you without you noticing. Like, you know, you think it's the drummer all the time, and it, you know, Drummers are amazing, too. Everybody's great. I but love everybody. The rhythm like, section <laughs> is the foundation, right? I mean, and I think yeah. that even extends to rhythm guitar in a lot of situations yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, I think of one of my favorite bands of all time, and maybe this is almost too rudiment- rudimentary an example, ACDC. Mm-hmm. Their rhythm section, and including uh, Malcolm on rhythm guitar, I mean, the the bedrock is cemented in that yeah. particular band which leaves room for all these flourishes done by angus and bon or brian later yeah. on but i mean without that foundation they aren't the internationally acclaimed multi-million selling artists that That's they a, are such a good rhythm section i saw this uh guitar player out of is he is he is it niger i don't know where uh mdu Maktar is from he's from that like agadez kind of scene that like desert blues world right um and 
I've never seen, I never got to see Malcolm Young play live, but the rhythm guitar player in that band, I feel like I did. Cause it's like, I still think about that dude all the time. It's mm. like the, how the PA used like sound and space, like what it did to the entire room, like the absence of the sound. And then when it like, how it felt when it came back, it was like, again, it was like amazing drummer, amazing bass player, lead guitar, which I should have noticed more. <laughs> like I should have cared <laughs> right. the most about this rhythm guitar player blew my mind. Well, it, see, that's why I like talking to people like you because it's not just, hey, that was a great song. Oh, hey, those guys are pretty good players. There's a lot more that goes into creating the entire thing, right? I mean, and so when you go to a show every once in a while, you're like, that was a great show. And other times, you're emotionally spent. You, you're, yeah. you're bereft. Your mouth is hanging open. And I think what you're describing right now is the difference when people care, when they fill up the whole space without necessarily filling up the whole space or playing all the notes. When they look at it as a total package, then as a fan, I get to have a total experience, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Before- when, when, you said, uh, when you said these words, I thought this was great. You said, that's how I wanted to hear it. And what a gift to the audience then. To know that this is what fills this up and this is what this size audience needs to hear. Oh, what yeah. a gift to the audience. I mean, that's when I, it, yeah, well, thank you for saying that. It's like, for some reason, it took me till I was in my 40s to yeah. know how to do that, though. You know, or well, how to, like, what, how to even, like, propose that I got to care. <laughs> did something hit you? What, what, what was it? Was there a know. moment? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what happened. I, 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 yeah, you know. That's why I started Doomchild. It's like, oh, I want to, no one's doing like a Runaways sound, you know? I, I want to, I always <laughs> wanted right. to be in the Runaways. Yeah, like, yeah, why, yeah. I could just do it. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and in fact, you did. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout my entire professional career, and to this day, I have a phrase that has stayed with me um, when it comes to collaboration. Uh, and that's, I love working with professionals whether it's been producers on a radio show, whether it has somebody in the sales department, you know, somebody on the promotions team, working with professionals allows people to focus on what they're good at and it allows them to focus on what they're good at. Jeremy Ivelsacker is an absolute professional at what he does. He's worked with so many people and continues to this day. We have to hear another song. Tell me about this next song we're going to hear. Um, let's put on Winter Loops 2, that one. Um. Yeah, tell us tell us about it before we play it. Why why did you select this one and tell us a little bit about the song? Well, I I keep making things at home and not finishing them, and this is like <laughs> one of the newest ones. But I'm holding myself more accountable because like eight of these came at a time, and I thought they were cool, and I wanted to start inviting in percussionists and stuff. But before I did that, this is unfinished because it's going to have my friend Shazad Ismaili is mm. going to play on it. I sent him. All eight of my new things. I'm like, whatever you want to do, here's my budget. Just have fun. Like, I don't care. And he's like, he was a little concerned, you know, <laughs> like, because, you know, I know like he, I'm on his end of that email a lot of times too, where it's like, what do they actually want? You know, so then he called Just go me. ahead, go he's, whatever. He's one of the people who will call you when you send him a text. Like, hey man. Like, right. And then my phone starts ringing. But um, <laughs> just to make it sure it's all clear. And like, that is my absolute truest most clear message is like you everything i've ever heard you do i can't believe it's happening so do whatever you think is cool over whatever you think this is you know (laughs) and send it and i'll give you some money (laughs) (laughs) 
Is it terrifying (laughs) or freeing to have the kind of trust you have and the artist you mentioned collaborating with to say, do whatever you want over my work? I made this thing, do whatever you want. I mean, obviously you have faith in the person. Yeah. But do you feel like, ah, I've been able to let it go and let them take it from here? Or are you like, ah, don't screw this up? Mm, no, I don't care what they send back. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm psyched. <laughs> what feeling did you have when you got that back? That's not, that's, he hasn't contributed yet. Okay, that's no, just your that's part of it. just me so far. It's got yeah. this amazing sadness to it for some reason when I hear it. I don't know if that was intentional, but it's... Uh, you know, that's definitely a feeling of Ooh. that I have known again. <laughs> Man alive, does that have like a, just a lonely, well, <laughs> sad... I, I, I love atmospherics feeling. like that. Yeah, Before really I came cool. over here today, I listened to two full Mogwai records, the Scottish oh, right band, yeah. and they're described as post-rock, and they do a lot of the loud, quiet, loud thing, but when they decide they're going to grab an eight-minute groove, it doing what you did right there in a minute and a half is not... A lot of people are like, well, it just sounds like you pressed a button and that was it. No way, man. You Mm-mm. you can't get through more. If if you get through 20 seconds of that kind of atmosphere and it's only getting more interesting and not boring, then there's art happening, to my in my opinion, right? It's not yeah. just a matter of doing a couple things. And Mogwai can pull out a nine-minute track of doing exactly, well, not exactly that, but along those lines, right? And I lay there fascinated, absolutely fascinated. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear that right there. I want to talk about, because we don't have a ton of time left, unfortunately, yeah. but I want to talk about two other artists that you have collaborated with frequently who are two of my favorites, one of which has been on this show more than one time. The Brian Oak Show. Let's talk Mark Malman first. Oh, Mark right Malman uh, has been a good friend of the show. I've gone to see the twins with Mark Malman. We've gone <laughs> on walks before. I like that guy. And again, there's nobody else like Mark Malman. And there aren't many people you can say that about. But you go back 20 years with Mark Malman, maybe longer. I mean, how did you first meet Mark Malman? Uh, through Ryan Smith. Um, <clears throat> I think it was, I think Bill Shaw was the bass player and Mark Malman in the heat and I don't know why he stopped playing, but then they just needed a bass player. So, and that's how you ran up. That was it. Yep. And you've worked on and off with him over the years, though, right? Still do. Yep. Still do. Once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, we tried to drag him into the studio here, but he's taking uh, the lockdown very, very seriously, which yep. I can't blame anyone for. Right. I'm not going to ask anybody to step out of their comfort zone and come into the Smart Start MN studio. But Mark remains very creative throughout this entire lockdown process have you done online stuff i mean have you done like the pay-per-view or zoom or online things for your fans um no, i mean i've played any music i don't think that i would put on a compelling thing and i don't, I don't think i need the attention or the money like other people do so right. i just leave that to folks you know other folks i do have a fun Minneapolis music tidbit <laughs> by all means uh, um, please uh so I got this um what is it an elliptical machine from, yeah. from brother Ali <laughs> and which was really it was super hard to get out of his basement um we like broke part of his ceiling oh, to no. get it out um because my wife Sarah said she wanted one and so and he was like I'm getting rid of this so I grabbed it um <laughs> With Marty Dosh's help, <laughs> drove it, drove it to my house with the back of his van open, listening to Queen, and um, and got it in the garage. It it doesn't fit in our house. It wouldn't fit. Through, you couldn't get it through, through the, door. the store. We couldn't do this turn. We couldn't go down the stairs. Oh, so no. it was in the garage, and we always meant to make a little exercise area. It didn't work. Um. So then, uh, mall man, like he started a little gym in his garage, right? And 
I'm like, dude, I got this elliptical machine. So laser beak <laughs> came over. Come on. <laughs> Watch your feet. He's dropping names. <laughs> Check it out, man. We're going to need a broom here, but I love this. Keep going. I hope no, there's that more. It. That's the whole thing. My, and my little brother. And then we all got it into Mark's garage. So all these, all these, all these white <laughs> this men. This needs to be like a reality TV show. Man, it doesn't even have to go that far. But what about just like a one fun time, even sort of like lighthearted rock video of Brother Ali Marty, you, Malman, and Laserbeak doing some kind of elliptical fun song. <laughs> that is a great idea. That thing, that it's got some energy in it. You invited, it it, it, some yeah. energy. You invented yeah. the idea, and we could all shed a couple of our COVID pounds in the meantime. Yeah. Well, it's Mark's. It's in Mark's garage. So I think once we can open the okay the door comfortably. <laughs> He's my first text after yeah. we're done here awesome. today. Love it. it is the Brian Oak Show, episode 136. Before we wrap things up with Jeremy Ilvesacker, Sean Bernard, you, in addition to being my friend and co-owner of the Brian Oak Show, producer, etc., 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 you are also a realtor for Edina Realty, the 50th in France location. What's that all about? That's, uh, that's what I do after my radio career. I got into real estate. I needed to find a way to pay for college and hopefully have a couple of dollars for retirement someday but retirement uh, you're hilarious i know it's funny isn't it yeah uh yeah so if you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell 612-859-2594 i'm uh doing a new thing where every house that's bought or sold i'm going to donate a portion of the sale to a local musician of your choice if you're buying or selling so I just thought that would be a really good way to give back to musicians as they climb out of uh, the COVID-19 era and a uh, cool way to be able to get them back on their feet. Well, except for Jeremy, as you heard, he said he didn't need the attention oh, he said or he's the money. very, very wealthy and he doesn't he's need the cash. He's doing just fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> kind of a magic Christian, if you want it, here it is kind of thing. Yeah, Giving away you know. the money, yeah. But uh, so, and where do people get a hold of you? I'm 612-859-2594. That number is also textable. You uh, also have worked extensively with Haley, who I'm a huge fan of. I don't know Haley particularly well, but every time I've met her, she's been very kind. And I like her willingness to not play to type. I like her willingness to do something different than what she did the time before. Mm -hmm. And I know that you were involved in, you know, you don't get to pick what you love, right? Like I like a lot of Haley music. But Last War is a song that floors me every single time. Like, I can't just give that song a casual listen. We all have songs like that. Yeah. I don't even really know what it's about for her, but I know what it's about for me. And sure. it is devastating. Um, and I love that you were a part of that album and that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to be there for a lot of stuff she worked on over the last, I don't know, 12 years. Are you enjoying the creative process during COVID, are you, I mean, like you said, you're doing this teaching thing. You found other diversions. I'm going to ask you a very personal and very heavy question. Let's try it. Are you happy? Yes. That's great. Yeah. I love to hear that. Yeah. I, you know, and it feels, uh, I know so many people aren't. Um, so it feels weird, I, but I don't think it should be guilty. Like mm. I'm not guilty. I, 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 yeah. I think I think it should be a beacon. I, I that's yeah. why I ask people if they're feeling happy right now because I guess I want to remind people, myself included, during the darker and more challenging days, happiness still exists. It's it still does. out there, mm-hmm. and it, it's still and it's not as far away as you think, right? And it's not the absence of the other stuff. It's it's uh it's just I don't know. And not every day is happy. Of course. But it, there's just like, even, I always have this thing where it's like, if I'm 51% happy, I'm happy. That's mm-hmm. it, you know? And, you know, it's not that 49% is 
the opposite of that. <laughs> and right. There's a, you know, everybody's got their own scale, but yeah. Well, you've got all these different things that you do too. So you're a father and a husband and a musician and a teacher. You got all these different things that fulfill you. And I think that's, if you see somebody that's happy, a lot of times they've got these different things that they dig, you know, that they really like to do. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I will not share it socially until it's actually available so that we can direct people towards your actual venues to market. But I promise you that I'm stealing I Am a Doom Child off this program and I'm putting it on my personal playlist yeah, at home. Go for it, man. That was so a monster, good. man. That so was a monster. <laughs> I enjoyed that very much. Um, what do you hope... This is going to be my last question. Well, I always say that, but of course. <laughs> I just got nominated in KFAN's Preposterous Statement Tournament earlier today. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I, again, I'm not I'm not very high up on the roster, but I, I'm in a, one of those kind of play-in tournaments where I'm going up against someone else. But apparently the preposterous statement they've nominated me for was, I've just got one thing I want to say. Because <laughs> I, can, I can never ever no. show it. Because I like these conversations. This is fascinating yeah. to me. This is what I want to do all day, every day, is talk to people who live interesting lives, who have good stories, who are thoughtful and who are creative and who are human beings from this place that we live in. To me, it informs what we are and who we are and how we do all of it. So I really appreciate you coming oh, man, by today. I think you're good at it. I was, uh, I was pretty nervous and I was maybe trying to act like I wasn't nervous, but I, was, I, didn't, know what, I didn't know what. We've wanted you on this, this show you know? for a very long time, I'll tell you. That you've right. been on the so much for, for a long time. Being and here. Finally, yeah. too many people mentioned your name. I'm like, fuck, we gotta, let's just do this. All <laughs> let's right? just let's, get, do this. let's do and, it. And you should never be nervous around me because I'm the biggest dork there is out there. <laughs> what, what, and looking forward, and obviously, we all hope for the best, right? We're all trying to stay positive. Realistically, being a touring musician, being a creative type, being a teacher, being a family member, right? What do you think? 2021 might look like like what's the thing i'm not saying it's going to get back to complete normal but as we start to edge our way back to something that's vaguely like the before times what are you looking forward to in the year ahead um well huh i don't know exactly what i'm looking forward to but i think just culturally um minnesota has become a little bit more there's more street life than there has been mm -hmm. in my whole life like there's just more of an outdoor kind of sensibility and even doing like we did like with the suburbs we did a real weird like parking lot concert and people could sit in their car and listen and they could honk yeah. between songs and i'm like <laughs> It's a little corny, but <laughs> yeah. it's a little awesome. But it was, like, it, was, it was so necessary yeah. when that went down. Yeah. I know, but I feel like that's like a like all of these things now could just be like part of what we do as as a as a city. Like it could carry just have, some of this forward. Yeah, mm -hmm. some of it could be. It could just be more outdoors. Like, and I think a drive-in concert is a fun idea. You know, is there mm -hmm. anything more Minnesotan than going out and enjoying something together? but not having to talk to other people. Yeah, being in your own car. Perfect. Yeah. It's, so, it's so perfectly Minnesotan. Uh. I want to thank our Patreon members again. We could not do this without you. We would not be in the Smart Start MN studio here in South Minneapolis at 48th and Chicago without you. And we're very, very thankful for you. Thanks to everybody who's contributed artwork, 
office art, you know, corporate art can be sexy. It's not always awful corporate <laughs> art. All right. So thanks to everybody who's contributed to the studio. Um, thanks to Audio Quip, who have provided the uh, equipment for what we do here. Uh, again, thanks to Smart Start MN. Sean, thank you. Uh, and Jeremy, thank you very much, man. This was a really enjoyable sit down. You're so welcome, Ryan. Thank you, Sean. This you is, bet. This is a good good hang. Let's well, do it again sometime. I promise. Yeah. Hey, when you're ready to drop that EP and you're ready, I can't imagine it being any crunchy or more beautifully destructive oh, so than good. it was. But when you're ready to drop, I'm a doom child in its fully birthed, glistening form. Will you please let me know? Yeah. So I promise. All right. Fantastic. Well, good luck to you with everything you're going to be Thank doing. You. And we'll keep people up to date. Uh, and we'll let people know about this particular episode, episode 136 of The Brian Oak Show. Now, before we let you walk out of the door, we do have one more song to play. What are we playing? Oh, yeah. If you wanted to do one more. Yeah, like, we're going um, to eat what you kill. Oh, yeah. Right on. This is my friend Annie Humphrey. And I've, I have been doing more producing again lately. I used to own a studio, but... Mm. Uh, I don't think I was very good at, at it at the time. I'm a lot better at like helping people get better instead of like mm-hmm. fighting them to get my ideas in. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Annie Humphrey. Give me um, give me one thing about her. Um, she lives up north. I think it's where is it? I I lose track. It's like Warroad, Le- Bemidji, Leech, Leech Lake. Oh yeah, Indian oh, yeah. reservation, okay. like near Bemidji. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we've done a couple shows up in Bemidji How'd together. You meet her? Um, through David Huckfeld, we, okay. he put a bill together and, uh, so she opened, she brought a different guitar player and I just really liked her. And, and the next time she came to town, like to, to do like a line three protest thing at the, uh, heart of the beast theater, mm. I just played with her. Like we, we just, it was just pickup band and like, uh, and it was awesome. And we just stayed in touch after that. And so she had me record on her next things she was making and then after those first two days she asked me to produce it and so then i like took it home and thought about it a lot and and this is part of what we came up with together thank you jeremy you're welcome
his rifle and puts tobacco down And he drops a deer with a single round And he lays his hand upon the dead body now Says my spirit and my stomach will be filled As I eat you kill